0: Welcome to the Dementia Researcher podcast, brought to you by DementiaResearcher.nihr.ac.uk, a network for early career researchers. Hello. Sitting your viva is the culmination of years of work. To say it is a big moment is an understatement. If you're about to walk into your viva or you're at the beginning of your PhD journey, we have a panel of viva survivors to discuss tips, anecdotes and things they would do differently. So my name is Anna Volkma. I'm a research fellow at UCL. I'm joined today by James Fletcher, a teaching fellow at King's College London, Robin Dowlin a research associate at the University of Manchester, and Sarah Aldous, a research associate at UCL. And I'm particularly interested in this topic. I'm hoping to learn lots from you because I have yet to sit my PhD viva. So let's start with a quick round the table. Could you introduce yourselves, your research and how long each of your rivals were particularly if there are any long ones or any really short ones so um I don't know let's
1: start with Robin perhaps. Yep. So I'm currently a research associate on the Neighbourhoods and Dementia Study at the University of Manchester it's a little bit um, different from my PhD and my PhD focused on um, how we understand in the moment benefits of music for people living with dementia so it's a really great PhD to do. Um my PhD viber was fifty minutes. Five zero. Five zero. Wow, that's short, isn't yes, it? That's really short. Wow. <laughs> and how was it? It was a really positive experience. Yeah. And it was it didn't make it any less scary going in because she's just so unpredictable, isn't it? So Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: So James, how about yourself?
2: Yeah, so uh, I'm James, a teaching fellow at King's College. Uh, My PhD was on the relationship dynamics of um, informal dementia care. My Viva lasted about one hour, which sounds short, but it was a bit of a convoluted process because they turned up at the appointed time and then spoke to each other for 40 minutes before I went in, then I went in for an hour, then they spoke to each other for another half an hour, and then I was called back in for the decision. So overall, it was quite a long process, yeah. but the Viva itself was an hour long. Yeah. And as with Robin, it was a really positive experience. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. That's good,
0: dispelling yeah. the myths that it's something scary, this yeah. is
3: great. And Sarah? Um, I'm Sarah, I started a postdoc in the ION here at UCL looking at mechanisms of Huntington's disease in January and before that I was doing my PhD also at UCL looking more at sort of neuronal development and then kind of made the switch into something more clinical. Um, My viva was about two and a half hours um, and that was just sort of pure discussion with my examiners and in addition to that I gave a 40-minute talk beforehand which they were also in. Mm. Um, It was a Okay, experience. I wouldn't have said that I came out enjoying it. I mean, it was sort of positive in terms of their reaction to my thesis and my talk, but I wouldn't have said that I was relaxed or enjoying myself through it. Yeah. But I got through it. Yeah, and who else was in the talk that you gave? Um, So the talk was public. Okay. And as much as... Um, to the institute, family and friends were able to come as well, but there was no questions.
0: OK, and that wasn't a requirement of your or as Um
3: It was a requirement of the institute where I was doing it, so I okay. was at the LMCB.
0: What does that stand for?
3: Um, the Laboratory for Molecular Cell Biology. Oh, yeah. Um, I think different places at UCL do it differently. Yeah. I mean, for me, I found it quite helpful to kind of, as a lead-in to the topic, and it was a way to sort of meet your examiners and for them to kind of see... A little bit of how you knew your research even before the I examination. See.
0: but yeah. Interesting yeah I, I work in a different department at UCL and I certainly haven't seen anybody doing a presentation. So um, next question, what excellent advice have you been given or had you been given prior to your vivas?
1: I think it's, it, I was just told to talk to everybody okay about your topic area before the before viva before the viva yeah. so just um so i in my head if i could explain my phd to my dad yeah. who didn't know what qualitative research was then i had a good chance of being able to explain myself well within the viva with people who actually knew about the topic area so i think i remember quite clearly having a conversation with an uber driver at one point Brilliant. in the lead up to my viva because he wasn't he didn't quite know what dementia was and Mm -hmm. so it was just grasping every opportunity to talk about your research and articulate it and explain it
0: yeah was that the main advice you got or was there anything else any other
1: um I think so and I think it was really helpful to have a mock fiver as well just to get yourself used to that anxiety state Mm. (laughs) I think just being in a room with two people asking you quite Intense questions, even if it's not reflective of how your actual vibe will will play out. I think mm-hmm. it's just having that moment to to sit beforehand with someone to go into a room you're unfamiliar with. And then to have, because my mock fiber was two and a half hours. Oh, wow. So <laughs> the contract. And who it yeah. um, So it was with two of my supervisors, one of whom was my lead supervisor and then someone else who was at a different university. So we went to the different university to do the mock fiber Great. to really put me on edge. <laughs> or was that
0: purposeful to get I you out of so. your comfort zone? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And do you, yeah, I'm almost interested what kind of questions you got there, but perhaps we could come on to that in a bit. So perhaps we could ask James um, any or, or um, Sarah any of the advice that you'd been given.
2: Um, I was, well, somewhat healthily told to relax, which, you know, if you tell somebody <laughs> to relax, the last thing they do is relax. Um,
0: Just like before this podcast?
2: Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but something uh, I didn't really appreciate beforehand was that it was more of a discussion than a test. I think that people probably think that it's a bit of an interview scenario where you're simply grilled and it's much more of a conversation and a back and forth.
0: A bit like an upgrade viva as well.
2: Yeah, more like that. I think this idea that you will be asked a series of very difficult questions is not necessarily how it will be. There were were moments when I perhaps didn't speak in my viva for several minutes because my two examiners would discuss and then I'd say something. So it was much more of a normal conversation than two people asking questions and one person responding to questions. Right. So kind
0: of intellectual debate. Yeah. Great. So um, any... Sarah, any tips and hints, any advice you were given before? I mean,
3: I guess it's similar to what James was saying, but it's to remember that when you do go into that room, like, you are with people who are so interested in your research, they wouldn't have accepted to be examiners if they weren't interested, and it is your opportunity to talk about it with an engaged and interested audience. Again, similar to what Robin was saying, you're never going to have this opportunity to talk about your work with people so interested. You know, you might be able to bore your friends with it, but these people actually... Are interested in what you're going to say and I think I was also told you know to remember all the positive aspects that you've done and accomplished and found during the PhD because my viva was quite close to writing my thesis so I sort of got in a bit of a writing I guess tunnel where you just sort of it's hard to step back and see actually what an achievement it is and to remember that going into the viva I think is quite useful
0: That's a really good tip to remember how far you've come yeah. before you head into that final viva so did you board? you said you bored friends with it also
3: yeah i mean i was fortunate enough like when i was doing my phd my flatmates we were all doing phds okay so we practiced each other's talks like talked about each other's research read bits of the thesis so yeah that's a fantastic. lot of support and teamwork
0: yeah fantastic <laughs> resource actually isn't it i was going to ask you how you each prepared for your vivas is there anything we haven't kind of covered
1: Well, I'd I'd come across Viva cards. I didn't buy them myself, but I know a lot of people sort of circulate them. One person tends to buy them and then lends them out to people. I didn't buy them, but I kind of created my own. So the University of Manchester had some pretty standardised questions. Okay. um, Sort of, because you know you're going to get a question about summarise your thesis. You know you're going to get one along the lines of what's your contribution to knowledge. And so just having those written down on a card And then um, whoever you're with, I would just carry them with me everywhere and just say, pick a card, any card, and just have that sort of on the spot. And I sort of split them into um, the different sort of introduction, lit review methods, findings, discussion sort of questions. So I might have a day where I really didn't want to talk about analysis. So I chose literature review questions and things like that. So yeah, they were really helpful. And well helped me to talk about my research when people maybe didn't know what questions to ask that's really interesting yeah. And
0: I can imagine that actually I was just thinking you could come up with lots of categories couldn't you like what are the implications categories and uh, pick apart your methods categories which I'm assuming kind of happened in some of your vivas yeah
3: definitely I mean I think there are lots of resources like unis and like just sort of websites that go give you the kind of typical Viber questions and they're useful to go through. They might not all be exactly pertinent to your research but it's good and it gets your brain thinking about it in that way. I mean I definitely prepared for questions about stats because I knew that that was an area I wasn't so confident with and things like that.
2: So I didn't use cards or prepare questions because I thought it was quite difficult to envisage what questions they were going to ask because obviously a PhD is such an individual thing that there's a general overview of what the questions will be like. I've heard there's a general format whereby you get the easy broad intro question, the methods is particularly difficult but in terms of specifics I think that's quite challenging. One thing I did do to prepare which was a bit sneaky was to speak to people who I knew who worked with my examiners about what they would think about certain ideas and the kind of questions that they were likely to ask.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I did that you too. all did that. Well, yeah.
1: I I, cont- I I knew someone who had my examiner as an external examiner as right. well. So she sent me her thesis, told me about her viva experience. And that was really helpful because you just kind of get to know that person sort of indirectly, but also I went to see this my examiner speak as well. And I think that was really great because you could see what their interests were and how that related to your, my thesis, yeah. Is that what led you to then
0: choose that person as an examiner? How did you choose your examiners?
1: Um, so I had a list of right. potential people and it took a good few months to decide who would be most appropriate. Um, I think it was about choosing someone who would be really interested in the work but also someone who wasn't too close to it that they might pick it apart to an extent that would be would add a lot of pressure. And so, yeah, it was picking someone who was in the area of arts and dementia but wasn't necessarily in the area of music and dementia.
0: So an empathic, interested listener. Yeah, definitely. Or examiner. Yeah,
1: yeah. And find, I think you, you find out who these people are by seeing them talk or finding out through other people. I know people who were supervised by her and things like that. So, yeah. And you didn't just blind approach?
0: As in, did you email them or how, how did that go? Um,
1: my main supervisor emailed them and sent a copy of my literature review that I'd published. So we'd met before informally, but it was sort of like a, a formal introduction,
3: yeah.
2: Hmm. I um, I think that's a really important decision. It may, I don't know if people always think about that enough, but picking your examiners is very important. It will obviously have a big impact. And also certain examiners have reputations so I knew in my field people who had worse reputations than the people I chose but also for me the the uh, decision wasn't that difficult because I think I simply picked the people who I referenced most who were alive so <laughs> those two criteria sort of covered it yes yeah. alive
0: helps yes yeah. I could see
3: that
2: <laughs> although dead might be a bit easier <laughs>
3: that's brilliant um yeah I, I had quite a niche field because I was looking at a particular post translational modification and the field of that was quite niche and especially in the UK so I sort of had a limited choice for one examiner and then for the other one who was actually my internal UCL examiner yeah it was just sort of people that I'd come across at conferences or that my boss knew and sort of recommended but I also think some universities do it slightly differently because with UCL it sort of in theory is meant to be your boss's Decision, obviously they discuss it with you and they're the ones that contact the examiners. You're not actually meant to have sort of formal contact with them during the process. But I think, you know, informal meetings or conferences obviously no one's gonna call you up on that. Yeah. It's tricky if you're in a niche area though,
0: isn't it? I can see that. I think you there's only a finite number of people and thus the likelihood of you being known to them or them known to you yeah. and maybe I mean I
3: think it's fine to be known to each other it's just yeah. like during the process of right you are now our examiner you're not meant to like discuss stuff
0: yeah yeah yeah
3: and um, so is there anything
0: you would have done differently during your viva before your viva after your viva um
1: I think one thing was I, I got quite worked up about my Fiverr. I was quite scared about it. And actually it wasn't until I let go on the actual day where I was just like, well, I can't run away from it, it's here. And I actually relaxed before it that it kind of, it put into perspective, again, what we were saying earlier about that achievement. It's kind of like a celebration at the end of it. It's It's being able to discuss an area that you are an expert in. And so I think I was told so many horror stories, and I think that just—it's not great to tell someone who's approaching a viver about how badly someone, you know, whose viver went, and how there was someone that you heard were, had a viver that went over two days. And it's just like, don't tell people that—it's wow. <laughs> not helpful. Do you not think that's an urban legend? Surely. Well, I don't. I've heard it off a few people. Really? That, yeah. It started in the afternoon. They had to like take a break and start again the next morning but go nap in the kitchen well, or you know, <laughs> examiners must have had a hotel booked or something yeah but like that's examiners yeah need to catch trains. well yeah that's that's uh <laughs> that's something is if you're getting an examiner coming from quite a way away is to make sure they've got a train booked home yeah. <laughs> yeah. so that can't happen yeah.
0: <laughs> so so key point don't listen to uh, bad advice or urban legends Let's hope they're over their yeah. And So essentially, though you're saying you just w- would try not to get as worked up.
1: I think so, and I think it was. But I don't think that was just me. Right. I think that was everyone around me. So I think you yeah. have to kind of put put the well, just block it all out really. Um, unless someone is actually giving you practical, hands-on, helpful mm. advice. Mm. Easier said than done. Well, sometimes, I know, isn't <laughs> it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think. Sort of related to that was I probably wouldn't have got into the office the two days before because not in terms of people telling you horror stories, but people were very sincere and sympathetic, but they almost treat you like you're sort of recently bereaved. So you get all of these, you know, hand on shoulder, how are you feeling? It's going to be fine. I "I know it's going to be fine, but when you keep telling me it's going to be fine, it it implies that it might not. So that was quite a surreal experience because you definitely get treated in a different way in the run-up
0: and you're almost managing their feelings not your own
2: yeah that so that was that was quite bizarre I almost felt like I had to act a little bit more hat up in a way to yeah. sort of justify their well-meaning concern interesting be the yeah. person they want you to be
0: yeah <laughs> the so worried it, anxious
2: so it is worth considering <laughs> yeah who Stay you away. want to be around in the days leading up to it
0: yeah yeah go for a run or something yeah yeah I hear you
3: I mean, yeah, I think similar to what Robin was saying, I did get very nervous and sort of het up about it and was sort of reading my thesis over and over again until it did get to the point, similar to what I was saying, I just had to say, I've done enough. Like, what happens tomorrow? I've got myself to this point. It will be OK no matter what. Even if it doesn't go fantastically, I still will have happened. I'll be over the other side and just kind of face it like that. Yeah. One piece of advice
0: I've already been given is that actually they really just want to check that it's you who wrote the thesis and not somebody else. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the most important components rather than that they're, you know, going to drill you yeah, about definitely. anything. Yeah. So I'm coming to the most important, the most important question <laughs> of the podcast. It sounds a bit silly, but important to me. What did you
1: wear? I, d- I don't think it sounds silly. It's something that I spent quite a long time trying to figure out because it's having that... I had to have something that I was completely comfortable wearing. Um, And it was the 20th, mine was the 20th of December. So it's like the middle of winter, but also the building I work in is really hot. So I had um, a colleague who did her Viva in October and it was really, really hot. And that made her Viva experience miserable because she just felt hot and sweaty the whole time. So luckily I didn't have that. But yeah, I just wore a black and white spotty dress that was very comfortable and weirdly my colleague who had a Viva recently wore exactly the same outfit, like the same dress from the same place From the same shop? From heels the same or no shop. heels? Flats? Uh, flats Oh right, okay. I wore brogues I think Okay, very good, yeah. very good. Good to know Good
0: to know. Yeah. <laughs> James? <laughs> flats?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst possible person to ask about this um, No, uh, I wore yeah normal jeans and a shirt and the things that I would wear to the office really. Yeah yeah.
0: Okay, so you didn't need to. So I often uh, think about this because I feel that I need to put something on to make help me play a role when I go into something like this. But um, I don't think that everyone needs that.
2: I, I, I appreciate that. Certainly yeah. if I'm giving a big talk, then yeah. I might put on a jacket. But I don't know if I almost wanted to make it more formal than it needed to be.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so there's, a, there's also that side of it. There's probably a trade-off in which you want to look legitimate but you also don't want to make things overly cold and formal
0: yeah no I completely understand
3: yeah I think you just have to have that balance of something you feel comfortable but also something that makes you feel like okay maybe either it's just another day or no I can take this a bit more seriously I mean I just upgraded my jeans to slightly fancier trousers yeah but so I felt a bit like okay it's a slightly special day but I'm still comfortable in my clothes I still feel like I'm Wearing stuff that I would wear. Yeah, I didn't want to sort of wear something that felt made me feel odd.
0: Yeah, yeah. I spoke to a girl recently. She was saying that she bought herself a pair of sequined super high stilettos for her um, fiver, <laughs> and I the just pain. couldn't. That's what I envisaged. The absolute pain. I'm. Yeah. I. I. I'm really pleased to hear that as a summary is going with something that is comfortable, but you know, makes you feel like you're conveying the right image um so last of all probably most important really did you all enjoy your viva and if you have any final kind of top tips for listeners that would be really helpful
1: yeah so I would say that my viva was um a a really really positive experience I was very lucky to have the examiners that I had and they it was all about building me up and giving me the the opportunity to really showcase my work within that 50 minutes which i i thought was halfway through but actually it was just like yeah we're done we're done here um the only thing that um would have made my experience more positive would have been the setup of the room and i think it's small things like that that you really need to think about before you go into your viva it's about having the most comfortable space you can have so the what i had was a a long conference table and i was sat at the head of the table and my two examiners were sat to my right and to my left Gosh. and my supervisor was sat at the other end of the, the table and so it was really bad because i had to keep looking left right i couldn't just talk so wow. I'd say get to know the space that you're going to be doing your viva yeah. in, and make sure if you have any requests, like you can ask to sit in a certain place, you can ask for your main supervisor to be in there, you can ask for them not to be in there. It's just yeah. about creating a space for you to shine and to showcase your research in a really positive light.
0: Yeah. It sounds like a legal hearing. Yeah, <laughs> it's from like TV, like one side yeah. of the table, the other <clears throat> side of the table. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, I'd just reiterate, really, that you should at least try to enjoy it. Maybe you can't, but at least go in with that mentality, because when's the next time that two experts in your field are going to engage so deeply with all of your work? Um, And that is a bit of a privilege, and it should be quite an intellectually stimulating experience. So you'll inevitably be a little bit nervous, but also if you try and think of it in those terms, then it might help you to enjoy it.
0: That's lovely. That's good. I'm feeling more confident already.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I enjoyed it much more than I was expecting, and I think... I stopped myself from really enjoying it. Like the others have said, it was a really interesting discussion. Like, my examiners were really positive and I really did enjoy talking about my work. But there was a sort of voice in the back of my head was like, oh, well, they'll get to this bit and then it'll all change. Oh, they'll get to this bit and then it'll all change. So I think I was the main barrier to just sort of relaxing and enjoying it. And then, yeah, when it came to the end, they were like, "Okay, fine, just step outside for 10 minutes. I was sort of like, oh, oh, okay, that went well. Um, so yeah, I mean it was it was all right in the end, and yeah, like the other said, like this is an opportunity to talk about what you've done for the past however many years, and no matter what, like you'll have put a lot of effort and a lot of work in. So it's nice to take that time to be like, you know what, this is what I've done. Fantastic, thank you, thank you all for your tips and hints. I
0: think this has been really useful for me. Uh, for next March, I think, when I have to do mine. Um, so it's time to end today's uh, podcast recording. I would like to thank our panellists, James, Robin and Sarah. You can visit our website to look at profiles on all of our panellists. And if you have anything to add on this topic, please do post your comments in the forum or on our website or drop us a line on Twitter using hashtag ECR Dementia. And finally, please remember to subscribe to this podcast through SoundCloud and iTunes and Spotify. Please also share and post your review. This was a podcast brought to you by Dementia Researcher. Everything you need in one place. Register today at dementiaresearcher.nihr.ac.uk.